Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to the Money Web at Meadows show. My name is Rake Fenika. Well, the, uh, the rand has bounced back today after yesterday's disaster and it's currently trading at around 14 rand and 5 cents against the dollar. And this means we saw a 7% swing in a day. Uh, and it's not surprising that the JEC is trading lower today, although a uh, drop of 3% in the share price of NASPAS also uh, surely played a role. In corporate news, Kiro published interims. Uh, it reported an 18% rise in revenue to $1.2 billion. Headline earnings rose 22%. Um, and uh, I'll speak to Rowan Williams of Nitrogen Fund Managers in a minute about those results. In other corporate news, Goldfields uh, announced plans to cut 1,560 jobs at its South Deep mine. And that represents around 30% of its workforce. Um, the group also put out a poor trading statement and the share price is down 11%. And then uh, small cap construction group Essor also applied for business rescue and is uh, and it joins a, a growing list of construction companies that are really battling to survive. And I'll speak to Simon Brown of Just One Lap about these and other stories. But first, let's look at the indicators. The JSC All Share trading down 0.6%. Resources down 1.85%. Industrials down 1.08%. Financials trading higher, um, currently trading 1.6% higher. The gold index down 4.9%. Massive hit there uh, following on the news from Goldfields. On other international markets, the FTSE 100 is uh, very flat, 0.08% higher. The DAX is uh, 0.36% higher, while the CAC 40 is trading 0.29% higher. Earlier in uh, Asia, the Nikkei gained 2.3%. Shanghai um, is down 0.18%, while the Hang Seng lost 2.16%. Let's look at some shares that are performing well. Resilient has gained 3.7. True is up 3.3. First Rand uh, is trading 3.24% higher. Uh, the Foschini Group 2.6%. Netcare 2.6%. Uh, Imperial also 2.3% higher. On the downside, Goldfields 11% down. Uh, RCL down 66 Sabanya Gold down 4.04%, South 32, 3% down. Naspas currently trading down 2.8%, Glencore down 2.7%, and Anglos um, also down 27 So massive, massive uh, uh, downside on the mining counters. Let's look at the... The currencies, the uh, rand is currently trading at 14 rand and 5 cent against the dollar, 17.97 against the pound and 16 rand and 3 cents against the euro. The uh, dollar is trading at 110 uh, uh, Japanese yen, while the euro is trading at $1.14 and the pound at $1.27. Bitcoin uh, sharply down currently at $6,036 or 90,090 rand. Uh, gold is trading at $1,194, platinum at 803 Brent crude at $73.20. And on the capital market, the R186 currently at 8.93%. Simon Brown from Just One Lab joins us now. Simon, uh, uh, good recovery from the RAND. And uh, obviously, uh, we saw uh, a, uh, a really bad day yesterday and probably oversold. Uh, afternoon, Ray. Absolutely, and I think it, it, it's it's the one key lesson for for our currency 
uh, which, which in the heat of the moment, like yesterday morning, where I think while we were all sleeping at almost 15.50 at about 3 o'clock in the morning, is that our rand will shoot out with huge speed um, when it's losing value and then slowly claw its way back. Um, and we've seen this repeatedly most recently was when then Finance Minister Nkankanene got fired in December 2015. The difference here is that shootout lasted literally a couple of hours, where back in, in, in 2015 it, it lasted a couple of weeks, or in fact, a, a couple of months. But it is back, uh, as you said, uh, sub-1410 at, at this point, suggesting a massive swing. And I think it can sort of slowly creep. It will probably go sub-14. But at this point, we've still got those broader emerging market uh, uh, concerns. The, the lira is certainly stable today. Uh, Turkey seems to be holding its own at this point, um, but it, 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 it's still uh, it's skittish out there for emerging market currencies. And you know, what happened over the weekend and yesterday was very much a Turkey story, uh, but the rand gets swept up in any emerging market crisis uh, for a number of reasons, most primarily because of its massive liquidity. It is so easy to trade. You can get big volumes going in and out. So the traders really enjoy uh, playing with our currency. Yeah. Um, uh, commodity counters under immense pressure. Um, is that flowing from the Goldfields announcement? I think in part the, the Goldfields announcement, uh, also in part the RAND strength, but then also we've got platinum down at 804 which is off 3%. We've got uh, gold down at uh, you know, a fraction above 1,200 on my monitors, uh, down uh, 1.5%. So I think there's a, a quadrant of, of, of pressures on it, one being Goldfields uh, currency and then the actual commodities themselves. But as you said, I mean, the Resi 10 is off uh, almost 2.2%. At one point yesterday, it was up around about that. But at the end of the day, closing up uh, a more modest, I think about one6 So. For the week, we are actually down on, on, on that resource sector. Yeah. Well, Goldfields announced to cut 1,560 uh, 1, jobs. That is 30% of its workforce, uh, mostly at the South Deep Mine. Um, and uh, that follows announcements from Impala Platinum that it would cut 13,000 jobs and close five of 11 shafts. And Lonman also said it will cut 12,600 jobs over three years. It seems to be carnage. And and this flows from many, many factors, uh, political as well as the, the poor commodity prices you've just alluded to. Absolutely. I mean, Rick, what, we, what we're seeing here in, in, in the commodity space, and, and it's it's to varying degrees of global picture. Obviously, we've got political issues, which which a lot of the sort of uh, North American miners and, and the like don't have. But it is it's it's a perfect bad storm for them. Um, and locally, you you you've, you've got uh, the rand's helping a little bit, but even at at 14, it, it, it's not big enough of a boost. You've got the commodity prices and under and, and pressure. Yeah, you've got legislative issues in terms of the mining charter. And although a much better mining charter. Uh, in terms of once empowered, put forward, still some 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 concerns around the the, the charter, um, and of course let's not forget you know on, on, on the far end is, is rising costs, whether that be just ESCOM, whether it be uh, labour costs, uh, whether it be a, a VAT increase, and all of these sort of costs are are, are feeding into it, um, and particularly if we look at at, at uh, goldfields down at just under 43 rand. Takes it back to sort of May, so March of last year at, at bottom towards the end of 2016. 
But that soft deep asset, which they bought now 12 odd years ago, um, and is one of the largest and supposedly best uh, uh, gold assets in, in, in the world at this point, really has been proving problematic for them. Uh, and a lot of what that trading statement was talking about this morning were the problems that they have, um, the costs that they're incurring, uh, and, 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 and almost an inability to, to, to give long-term guidance. In the past, the company said, we'll fix it, we'll get there eventually. Now they're almost saying, well, we're going to try this, and this is what we think the impact will be into 2019, but beyond that, we can't give much guidance. And with respect to, to management in the company, they've tried a lot and, and really, really struggled with, with, with getting uh, quality production numbers out at prices that make it attractive to the market. Yeah, but I'm just looking at the platinum price on June 15. It was $909, currently it's $804. Will we have a a mining sector of any meaningful proportions left uh, in a year or two's time? I mean, (laughs) this is a a terrifying comment to make, but but, I mean, at at this point, if the trend as it currently is continues, uh, what is left will be really, really small. And and some points, such as, for example, platinum, you know, we're doing about, the world does about 6 million ounces a year, which means small shifts in production either way really swing that price. And what we're seeing right now is, is frankly, too much platinum, hence an $804 price per ounce. Um, we are seeing some platinum being removed, and perhaps have announced those closes and the like. But they're only taking out a quarter of a million ounces. Uh, what, what I think, you know, will we have an industry? Yes, because what will ultimately happen at some point is some of the more marginal, smaller players go, go, go simply go bankrupt. They go into business rescue. Uh, they don't come out the other side. Um, and then what that does is removes that production from it. So, but uh, you. You know, you spoke at the head of the show, top of the show, around the the the, the carnage we're seeing, and it, it it has potential to get worse. And the other last point to make is that you know, we've been mining platinum and other commodities, gold in particular, for over 120 years in, in this country. And of course, you, as a miner, when you start, you mine the easy stuff. 120 years down the line, we're now trying to mine the really hard stuff to get out. It's it's expensive. It's difficult. Uh, the head grades are, are, are significantly down on what they have been uh, in previous years. Um, and you couple that with, with commodity prices under significant pressure. Um, and, and our mining industry will have one in a couple of years. It's going to be, I suspect, a lot smaller. Yeah, that South Deep mine of gold fields is over three kilometers deep. And it's very expensive to mine. But from one struggling sector to another, Esor, it's a a small cap construction group, but it's also applied for business rescue. Um, And it says uh, there are just not enough work in in the economy. And uh, it joins a long list of uh, construction companies under business rescue. Basil Reed and the uh, Liviero Group are just two others. Um, You know, this sector remains under such immense pressure. And and hopefully, I don't even think that we'll in the short term, with the promises of increased investment, we'll see these companies, uh, you know, uh, revive their, their prospects. I, I think you're right, and, and, and as you say, it's, it's another. You know, the 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 the, the gold, the single commodity mining, excluding uh, Kumba, but in the in the gold and platinum space, uh, and if you look at the construction, are two sectors that have been under the cosh now for for years and years, 
um, and, and, and there isn't much of a light at the end of the tunnel. And, and Esau, I mean, I, I remember when they listed, I remember uh, chatting with Bernie Cronin a number of times. They were predominantly a geotechnical, so they would be first on site. They were, they were almost my canary in the gold mine because you know, they are first on site. So when their work starts to dip, you would, you know, would tell you about what was coming down the line or not coming. And then they had to sell their geotech business. A, a German company came in and was just out-competing them, and they sold it, and it really was the crown jewels. Uh, Marcel Golding, him of, of uh, uh, HCI fame, then took up a almost a 55% stake at around about 30 cents, if memory serves correct. But there's just not enough work out there, and having lost their speciality geotechnical business, it meant they're not just competing you know, with everyone else for, for sort of general construction work. Um, and, and we've seen it. Basil Reed, Avenge, really, really struggling. Mm. Group 5, really, really struggling. Uh, Wilson Bailey uh, seems to be the only one really holding up. And, of course, Marion Roberts, but, you know, they're under offer from Atom, so that's a different story. Um, but you can note yesterday, Wilson Bailey was up uh, over 2% on the news in the sense that, well, there might be a little bit of extra small work that they can pick up with the demise of, of Esau. Yeah, and they also have a big Australian business. But, Simon, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Simon. That was Simon Brown of Just One Lab. On the line now, uh, Rowan Williams of Nitrogen Fund Managers. Uh, Rowan, welcome to the show. Uh, Kiro released uh, interims today. Of course, the private education group um, and revenue rose 18 percent to 1.24 billion. Headline earnings rose 22 percent to 138 million. And uh, the group now has more than 50,000 learners. Um, The share price also uh, have performed well today in reaction. What are your thoughts on, on the results? Yes, uh, it, on the face of it, it looks like a reasonable set of results. Um, they had some reasonable growth. Uh, you mentioned the, the 18% uh, revenue growth and uh, sort of hitting an important milestone of over 50,000 learners. I think we've got to look at it in the context of yeah the expectations, uh, both in terms of uh, the earnings and also the, the share price. So um, it is very highly valued. It has been highly valued for some time, I guess, in anticipation of uh, the take-up and the penetration that they'll get in the, in the private school space. So somewhat of a mixed bag if we look under the, the hood. Um, what is interesting to see is, uh, I guess, um, there isn't uh, totally secular growth in the, in the private school space uh, as they're coming to learn, um, and which maybe some other school groups have learned before, that uh, it is a more of an upper-end product, and uh, so uh, their lower-end Meridian offering is actually seeing a reduction in learners, um, and there they are still experiencing small losses in that part of the operation, uh, whereas the core Curro business is doing better and uh, still seeing reasonable growth uh, in both uh, revenue and um, profit with the, the EBITDA margin actually moving up a little bit. So I'd say it's still a work in progress. Um, they've got quite a long way to go to reach their initial targets uh, that they'd set themselves in 2020, 80 schools by 2020. So um, it does look like the um, slowing economy is uh, impacting just the rate of growth and uh, particularly, as I mentioned, on, on the lower end. So I think, yeah, it's a question of whether you believe they'll meet their, their, their longer-term targets and, and buy into the overall growth story. Yeah, they have. Uh, they also continue to invest. Over 400 million will go into six mm. new campuses. Uh, they'll expand to others, and they now have 57 campuses. As you said, they, they're looking for 80, and the number of schools on those campuses, so 139. 
Um, so still a lot of investment going I- into the sector. You've said it's a, a bit of a higher end market, which it is. Private schooling is expensive. Uh, do you think there's a market for all these schools? Yeah, I think and that is uh, that is the key question. I think if we had a more buoyant economic environment, uh, obviously the middle class uh, growing uh, and uh, consumers not feeling as much pressure as they are, uh, they would be prepared to commit more to uh, private school education, which uh, I think just in the current environment, they uh, to a certain extent are, are saturating at least the short-term demand. And uh, so well as the longer-term growth prospects, um, I think still are, are reasonable. It is reliant on, 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 on a growing economy and uh, uh, increasing uh, wealth. So, yeah, it is, a, it is a question, as you said, it's very capital-intensive, and they're still in that, that uh, expansion phase. We saw the um, gearing increase. I don't think it's excessive, but you did see the interest charge uh, grow quite significantly. And uh, I think the, the bottom line is the, the growth uh, and growth expectations are going to take longer uh, than originally anticipated because uh, both in terms of uh, the saturation of the market and then also the economic headwinds. Yeah, I'm looking at profile media data, the PE currently at 65, the forward PE at virtually 50. Um, the share price did rise uh, initially today, but currently trading down 1.3%. Uh, it is expensive. 65 times in this market, uh, you need to maybe do better than 22%. Yeah, so I think uh, basically it comes down to uh, earnings growth. And uh, if you are seeing significant earnings growth, you can justify those uh, very high PEs. Um, But what we have seen is the original trajectory of of extremely uh, high earnings growth coming through has slowed quite significantly. So as you point out, a 22% uh, growth in diluted headline earnings per share for a PE of 45 or 50 uh, it does seem very expensive, and, and, and maybe uh, that's why I guess the share is down a little bit today. The, the overall market versus expectations a little bit disappointing. Year to day down 28%, uh, the past year 24% down, and percent, uh, 10% down over the past three years. Uh, but uh, the share did run a lot, um, but unfortunately we'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Rowan. That was Rowan Williams of Nitrogen Fund Managers. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. From, my, from myself, Raik van Niekerk, and the MoneyWeb team, thanks for tuning in. 